Welcome to the first episode of Demystify Insider, where we demystify everything in Web3 with real life stories and some of the coolest projects in Web3. And today we have Josh from The Humanians. Woo! Welcome. <laughs> Would you like to tell us a bit about Humanians, um, how it got started and where the inspiration comes from? Sure. So uh, The Humanians is started by a parent company called Arbonaut Labs. Uh, originally, we kind of saw this like gap in the market. There was a lot of NFT projects that we really liked. Um, however, we felt like there was something missing. A lot of it was about uh, how much money you're making and how wealthy you are and how much you made from buying apes and edibles and whatever it might be. And while this is awesome, I, I love it, and I'm really happy for the people that, that are doing that and are making money, um, I felt like there was this path where NFTs were going where they were going to hit a wall with oversaturation and we needed to progress, right? So the idea was that we created the Humanians and the Humanians was a, uh, the idea of changing the concept of NFTs from a wealth flex to a social flex, right? So how do we use NFTs for something more than just to show what our wallets are worth? How do we use them to show this is something that I care about, this is a cause that I care about, this is something I support. Um, and the idea came from, I grew up in America and everyone on like election day, they would wear these stickers that said, I voted today. And you know, people didn't need to know who you voted for. It was just like the fact that you wanted to like wear kind of a badge saying that I care about this country. I care about the decisions that I can make. Uh, I care about a democracy and I want my opinion. I want my voice to be heard. And we wanted to do the same with NFTs. So with the Humanians, we uh, have our project that's about body dysmorphia. So we have two charity partners, the Be Well Collective and the Body Dysmorphic Disorder Foundation. Uh, we also teamed up with a really, really amazing artist uh, named Visby, who's worked with The New Yorker, LA Times, Vogue, GQ, a bunch of great publications. And we wanted to create an NFT project that was about art, that was about giving back, that was about Web3, and that how we could progress this industry together and make a change for good. Very good. Um, it's good to see um, new causes that actually support like social flex versus, you know, another JPEG of another monkey on the internet. Um, what is your involvement in this? Um, from what you said, it seems like a big, like you guys have a big team that started this project. Yeah. So, so when we started, uh, I was run by four founders. So my role in the team is, I guess, the creative director. Uh, so I came up a little bit about the concept, but again, it's all a team effort. So we all have ideas and then we develop them together. Um, but yeah, so behind the scenes, we kind of are very web two in our structure as a company as we all work in an office together. Uh, we have graphics team and web team and copywriting team and everyone that works all in-house. So uh, when we started the project, we had about 30 people in-house, wow. um, which is just really fun to actually bounce ideas off each other. and and how we move forward and how we progress is really like team effort that's worked through brainstorming, mix of uh, our, you know, like our opinions as, as founders and as a team, mixed with the opinions of our, our uh, employee or staff team, mixed with the opinions of our community, mixed with the opinions of our advisors and what the current market sentiment is at any time that we make decisions. Nice. Um, do you guys have any particular area that you draw the inspiration from in terms of art or any particular culture? Um, behind this whole yeah so I mean me personally I'm not the artist but the idea I think a lot of projects come up with like <clears throat> usually they I mean I, I don't know exactly but a lot a lot from what I've heard from other projects they usually um, test a bunch of artists and find like a set of art that they like and then they come with, up with the concept that goes along with it whether it's frogs or dogs or monkeys or whatever it might be um, we kind of worked backwards so we started with the concept of 
social flex, what, uh, what kind of causes do we really care about, right? So we made a list of like 50 different causes that were important to us as founders. And body dysmorphia, um, if, if you don't know what it is, body dysmorphia is basically when a, a person finds a flaw in their appearance that they can't ignore and they almost obsess over it and think that they're not beautiful, they don't belong, they can't be a part of the group, they can't, they're not welcome in society because of something they obsess about themselves, which more times than not is something that other people don't notice about them, right? Um, which is with the rise of social media and with advertising and Instagram filters and photoshopping bodies on billboards has become a bigger and bigger and bigger problem and people are just starting to talk about it and we kind of wanted to be the thought leaders on like, let's bring this to light, let's make sure that people uh, are, are okay to admit that there is something wrong and they have a place that they feel welcome and they can talk about it and other people who accept them for who they are without judgment. Um, and that was a pretty big one to us because all of us have worked in the advertising industry in some aspect in the past, right? So it's in a way, it's us coming forward and saying that um, we've been guilty of this, right? So we've had clients that have asked us to make ads where we do Photoshop bodies or we get a casting brief for a commercial that's very specific, like we can only use uh, a white woman with blonde hair or whatnot. And as humans being on this earth, we should celebrate diversity wherever you're from, no matter what you look like, no matter what you do, everyone deserves a place to feel loved, to feel belong. And I grew up in a very, very white area of America and I never felt like I fit in. So it was kind of an idea that hit home with me. But we tried, you know, we came up with a bunch of ideas. And then after we came up with the concept and we decided, okay, body dysmorphia, this is what we're going to do. Um, then we started to talk to artists. So we had like 10, maybe 10 or 20 different artists. We had them illustrate what it meant to them. What did they feel like the art would be that fit the situation? Because um, we don't want to limit creativity, right? And to everybody, it's subjective what it means to them. So we had quite a few that, that gave it a stab. And when we had Visby, we reached out and she already had this style that kind of celebrated this. She was drawing humans in a very like abstract form with uh, big legs and tiny heads and giant hands. And it really fit what we were trying to do because it's kind of like, we built this universe called Humania. And in this universe, um, judgment doesn't exist. It doesn't matter what you look like. No one compares you to images of advertising or, or what the Kardashians look like or what's trending on social media. Um, so everybody feels welcome to be their self in their own style and their own body and feel great about who they are. So. I love that. So I think you're really right about how um, with the rise of social media, like everyone is almost accustomed to look a certain way and having a safe space to express who they really are is really something the world needs right now. And is that what the community um, of Humanians is? And is that what you guys offer as a utility? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So our utilities in our, in our roadmap, um, with roadmap one, we're, we're almost done now. Uh, we're working on roadmap two, which is pretty exciting, which we got some new things coming out that I'm really excited about and the other founders are excited about too. But with roadmap one, our utility was involved around how, how do we build this inclusive community, right? So um, we did have our charity partners that we gave 20% of our mint to. Um, so we actually got to travel to London to meet them. Coincidentally, they were both based in London. Um, and we donated total a little over or a little under 75 Ethereum to them, wow. which for both of them was the largest single donation they've ever had, right? And it helped them. They both have their own like mini roadmaps and plans on what they're doing with the money, which is involving um, starting new uh, seminars, virtual seminars, being able to get uh, extra staff that can help like 
uh, how do we develop these companies in Web 2 so they can help real people in real life while we develop our brand in Web 3 to help people online. And I think that's really the beauty of Web 3 is, you know, when we have all these PFPs and these uh, Twitter avatars and, and Discord pictures and whatever it is, is that um, in society, people subconsciously judge everyone that they walk down the street and see. You know, there's something in your mind that says, okay, you know, like you, you, you walk down a sidewalk and you see someone and, and your mind puts a story on what that person is, right? And it's, it's uh, just the way that society has kind of shaped us as humans. But the beauty of Web3 is that anybody can act and talk to and join whatever communities you want to be a part of and nobody knows what you look like. Maybe you want to dox yourself, maybe you want to show, but you can, you can be whoever you want. You can be your true self. And we really wanted to like, take the beauty of this in Web3 and how do we adapt it so we can create a community of like-minded individuals. So what we've curated in our community is uh, we sold 5,800 units. And ah. I think currently there's about 2,400 unique owners. And we're trying to curate the community that's all thinks like we do, what, what we're trying to build, where we're trying to go, how we're trying to include everyone. Um, and this is a really big thing for us. So on our roadmap with Metaverse, what we're looking to build in the Metaverse as a safe space, um, being able to do donations to great charities, being able to create a, a community of individuals and be able to give back to not only body dysmorphia, but in future collections with other social impact causes and what we choose to do in the future through Autonaut Labs and other projects um, all relates back. So. I like to think that our community member and our typical buyer is somebody who all think like us. Um, realistically, it's not everyone, which is okay. Yeah. I mean, to each their own and opinions are fine. Everybody should have their opinion. But uh, I think what we're, what we're curating, what we're building together is attracting a similar mindset type of people. Right, so in your um, own experience, do you think that the existence of Avatar in Web3 has given people the permission to be themselves and actually express how they really feel versus in real, in-person in contact? Or do you think that avatar might kind of make human more disconnected because it kind of cuts down in-person contact? I think, <clears throat> I think it's completely spread apart because uh, it depends what type of a person you are in real life. Uh, I mean, me, myself, I like to think of myself as a very, like, outgoing, I don't know if that's type A or type B, I don't know what the types are. An type extrovert. Of personality. Yeah, I'm a very extrovert. Yeah. Like, uh, I thrive off of being with people in real life and feeding off other people's energy. Not everybody is like that, right? And, you know, as humans, I think we all need some sort of communications from others um, just to feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. You know, and for me, personally, I'm comfortable like this in real life. And I don't think that the, the Web3 like personality for me needs to be altered or adjusted because I am myself all the time, um, good or bad. You know, we all have flaws and we all have our problems. Um, but that being said, there's many types of personalities, you know, and some people don't feel as confident in their real life. They don't like to feel confident if they were at a bar or they were out at a cafe to be able to go up and talk to random people, to have conversations, to meet new friends. And while it is easy for some people, it's not as easy for others. So I think that there's a lot of benefits that it gives to the types of personalities uh, who people who may be considered by society as, as loners or, by, or as introverts or as quiet people and how they can um, feel themselves because they don't feel that someone can judge them based the way on that they look or how they talk or how they're dressed because it's just a PFP, right? Yep. They can be themselves without judgment and that's beautiful. I really, yep. I really appreciate that and love that about Web3. Um, but that being said, there is some always going to be negative sides about anonymity is 
um, people that can pretend to be something they're not, right? So yep. you can say you're this celebrity or that you, I mean, I see people on Twitter all the time that have board ape <laughs> PFPs that don't actually own them. And it's, a, it's, it's an easy way for people to get scammed, which I think in the Web3 and the NFT space is such the, the biggest issue on progression is how do we stop, uh, how do we educate people enough to not get scammed? And especially when we have onboarding process and new people are coming into NFTs or to Web3, how do we give them the knowledge before they come in to know what's good, what's not, who do we trust, who do we not? Um, so there will always be good and bad sides, but we are focusing on celebrating the positive side because let's focus on positivity. The world definitely needs and that right now. And positivity will knock out the negativity in due time. And do you have any like advice for people that wants to enter the space or um, how they are able to differentiate between a great cause like yours and potentially a scam project? Yeah, I, I always say like for me the biggest thing is find a Web3 buddy, whoever that might be. Um, I know like myself, when I first got into NFTs, I, I invested in so many rug pulls without knowing because I was just like, oh, the art's really cool. Or I saw someone on Twitter that said it, it, was, it was a really cool collection. And we tend to like think that if we see numbers, like someone with a good PFP said something good and there's a lot of retweets and likes, but realize that all of these things can be purchased and they all can be fictitious, right? Yeah. So I think uh, for me, in my experience, when I started to get into understanding like what are the better projects, what are good investments, um, that having like a partner that you can bounce ideas like, hey, I saw this project, what do you think? Uh, a lot of times like there's this concept of FOMO that's stuck in your head and you don't want to miss a project that moons. Um, and we go on IC tools or these sites that show like what's trending NFTs, how many sales have happened in the last hours, how many mints happened. Even, uh, you know, in the last few days, I've been looking at some of these sites and now even the new scam projects are getting very smart. Like they will have a collection of 3000 pieces and when they mint, they will start minting them with their own wallets and then selling them back and forth to each other just to create volume and look like there's a lot of sales happening. Wow. And, and, and watching these accounts happen. So like I'll look at the activity and see, okay, this wallet has been selling this one piece to this other wallet and then they sold. And then we look at the Etherscan transactions because everything is, is, you can see everything on the blockchain, right? And you realize like, okay, this, pro this uh, project minted like 10 per wallet of a collection and then they send it back and forth to each other and they create volume and they create their own floor price because they decide what is valuable by like, okay, we just released a collection, there's 3,000 pieces, let's just start listing them at point one and then buying them with our own wallets and Technically, they lose 2.5% per transaction, which is open seas, whatnot. But they can trick people to thinking that uh, volume is real when the fact is it's fictitious. So there will always be new types of scams. Um, onboarding, I think the biggest thing is find a friend that you can bounce ideas off of, whether it's a Twitter group or, or a Discord alpha group or someone that you just feel like, how do you feel about this? Because or else you will lose a lot of money very fast. And that's not the way to onboard new people. Um, but the other thing I will say is if you're looking to get involved in a project, find out about what that project means to you. Um, for some projects myself, it's not only about money. What does that project want to do? So I can invest in different ways. I can invest in uh, trying to see a financial success. I can invest in something that I feel like this should progress Web3. I can invest in something that I feel like they're doing something for a great social cause. Uh, I can invest in Usually for myself, what I mostly invest in is founders, right? Um, I, if we compare Web3 to Web2, I think like, all right, if we talk about 
Tesla, if we talk about Apple, um, people are investing because they believe in Steve Jobs. They believe in Elon Musk and what they're going to do to the industry. So when we look at projects, if we look at just a roadmap or just the art, um, it could come and go. Yeah, some could be good, some could be bad, but who are the people that are running it? What do they want to do? Do they see the like five-year goal, the 10-year goal of Web3? Do they really, really want to make it different? Do they really, really want to build something? Or are they just trying to make a quick buck? And there is a lot of people in between. They're not trying to make a quick buck, but they don't have the drive to do the long-term vision. So how do you suss these out? Like founders that are doxxed, they are okay to say who they are, what their real life job is, if they have one, um, what, what they've done in the past, here's my social profiles. This is important. Like uh, if you were going to invest into any Web2 company, everything is public domain. It's public information. You can see the CEO, the chair, chairman, the, the board of any company, but for some reason in Web3, people hide behind anonymity and they don't want to dox themselves unless it's successful. But that's the reason why there's so many scams. So oh, stay no. safe out there. Stay safe, stay safe, stay Take safe. Take notes, guys. Those are some <laughs> great tips. Yeah. Right, so what is your long-term vision for um, Humanians? That's a loaded question. I mean, there's so many long-term visions. So, I mean, let's talk short-term and long-term because they're, they're two different things. Uh, short-term, we want to take care of our community, the people that believed in our vision, what we were trying to build. Um, we had an unfortunate mid-time because it was when the market crashed and we all know that like the NFT industry has kind of been in the bear market. And I would say that in the bear market, it's not only about like floor prices. Like I try not to focus on this, but I think about more of uh, who's building, who is like, doesn't care about what's happening in the market and continues to thrive. But it's also about the fact that when that bear market came, I feel like 90% of the people who were buying NFTs left. So now we have a much smaller community to reach, right? The people that stayed around, that really believe in the technology, yep. that really believe in what we're building. So short term for me is delivering V1 roadmap. I think we're about 80, 90% done right now. Wow. Um, our V2 roadmap is coming up soon, so be able to give this to our community. And then we're focusing on community building, whether that be uh, Twitter spaces, uh, collaborating with other communities and bringing other people on, explaining what our project is, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to take over the world, but long term, we are trying to build a, a lifestyle brand that really celebrates inclusivity and diversity and celebrates everyone, everywhere, no matter who you are, no matter what you look like. And we will do that through collaborations with Web2 companies, with Web3 projects, um, and build on all the existing technology and new technology that will come in the future uh, and, and, and stay long term. It's not, a, it's not even a one week or one day or one month or one year, but it's like, what are we doing in the next five years, 10 years? Uh, how do we get there? How do we sustain? What are we really building long term? Yeah, I like that. I feel that sustainability is probably an important part of a su successful NFT project, right? It's the hardest part, though, because everything is changing. Trends are changing. Technology is changing all the time. So we have an idea and we want to build something. And by the time we build it, it's already not in at that point, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, sustainability is the most important, but it's also the hardest because we need to generate new ideas constantly because the market is ever changing. You know, one week in NFT land is one year in real life. So yeah. how can we stay current, which is important. Yeah, so apart from the bear market, um, what have you guys faced any like significant challenges in building Humanians to the brand that you guys are in the community that you have today? Um, no, I mean, challenges is just the bear market, right? So we, we end up having uh, less, less people to market to, and 
you know, less active community because a lot of people who are in uh, are, are, are just not as active during bear markets. You know, it's, it's just psychology, right? When uh, you have a wallet that's filled with something and you see the price constantly go up, you feel like you can get really involved in the projects, in Twitter, in the space, in influencers, in reading blogs, everything that's going on. But when it goes down, you're like, okay, maybe I should focus on my other job or I need <laughs> to get an A in school, so I should probably do my homework or whatever it might be in each person's life. Um, so the challenges that come up are really just how do we keep developing, right? So it's really generating new ideas, having brainstorming sessions, um, pushing forward with these ideas. We just launched our marketplace uh, last week, which was a big one. We have oh. so many of our uh, community members. I think the first day we had 250 orders, the first day. Wow. Um, yeah, and then we're moving into our coloring book that we're delivering to different Bali uh, schools around the island that we're going to be giving out to kids. Um, and our metaverse development, which is coming soon. So it's really focusing on what did we aim to build, regardless of the bear market, regardless of what happened, what did we promise our community we would build, deliver it, then what is next and the next step. Are you able to tell us a little bit about your upcoming metaverse project, or is it still hush-hush? Well, still development. Oh, okay, so if we're talking about challenges, that was one. So we built our, our whole roadmap and everything was built on the concept of NFT worlds, right? So it's a technology that we really believe in. I had a few chats with the, um, with the founder of NFT worlds beforehand, and I really, really liked what they were trying to build and how they, you know, how they were trying to take the blockchain and use the technology to mix with uh, Minecraft, which already existed and been used by millions of people around the world and is built by Microsoft. Um, but I think about two weeks ago, uh, Microsoft announced that they were not going to allow Minecraft to exist with blockchain technology. Oh, wow. So this was a big, um, you know, like, for example, we, we purchased NFT World's Metaverse Land for, I think, almost five ETH. And then the value within like an hour of that announcement went down to like 0.6, right? So wow. um, every decision we make, we take it as like a, 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 as a business decision. We really treat the project as a business. Um, but that was a big hiccup for us because we have been working with our developers for almost a month and we have almost our project done. And then all of a sudden, all of the technology that we wanted to use for the blockchain and how we integrate it for uh, land builds, like the tokenization model of our metaverse, all of a sudden Microsoft they exonate everything, right? So now we're adapting, we're changing, we're changing the concept of the metaverse a little bit. How do we use the build that we've already created and follow the um, agreements and, and the terms that we can use within it? And But NFT World is a project we really believe in and we're looking to stay with them. Um, yeah, so. Okay, that's, that's, that's all I could say for now. But that was a big challenge for us because every all of our time that we spent was put towards something that all of a sudden, 90% of what we were building couldn't be used, right? But that's part of the journey of running a startup or yeah, being a pioneer in this industry, right? I mean, when we get challenges, it's not like, okay, that didn't work, let's cancel it. It's like, all right, here's a challenge. What's the solution? What do we do? What do we change? We have to be open to change and we have to be open to adaptation in this industry because everything changes every second. Yeah. So I also see that you guys are potentially having some in real life events coming soon. Um, is there anything that you're able to also share with the audience? Yeah, sure. So I think from the beginning, in real life events was a big part of what we wanted to do um, because of the cause of our collection and what we're really focusing on with this inclusivity, right? So um, we build this community online and we have all these Discord members and, and Twitter followers. Uh, and it's so nice to be able to meet with them in real life. So, so, so far we've done a meetup in London oh, wow. and we did a meetup at NFT NYC and we got to see some people that we've been interacting and talking to for months in real life, which I find fascinating. Like, it's just so cool to see 
who's the person behind the screen or behind the keyboard or whatever it might be. Um, for us now, we're, we're focusing on uh, Humanians. Apart from the roadmap, what we want to offer to our community is uh, a big part of our roadmap was to be able to be a part of Autonaut Labs, which is the parent company, right? So Autonaut Labs is growing and, and, and uh, developing. And what we're trying to do is some in real life events now in Bali, which is where we're located. Uh, about Web3, so more conferences and how we merge music and art and technology, inviting NFT collections um, and different Web3 technology companies and different cryptocurrencies to be a part of the Web3 evolution here on the Island of the Gods. So wow. It's in process. We're putting, a, we're putting a festival together right now. It takes a bit of time. Oh, okay. We're going to have but, a festival uh, here in Bali. Yeah, we're getting there. Okay, <laughs> we're the first to, to find out about this, da, right? Da, da. Is this the first... first that's, channel that knows about this that's festival? That's the first channel, yeah. This exclusivity. So how do you see the merge between virtual reality and physical reality, given that you know you guys have both parts, the, the metaverse part and also the real life festival, and how do you see them coming together into this beautiful synchronization of human connection? Well, I think it's just, to me, it's really finding ways to present activities and interactive elements that fit every type of personality for community members or potential holders in the future, right? And some people love to meet in real life, you know? And we have some members that are like, oh, it's really cool that you're doing in real life events, but I'm not the type of person that would go. And that's okay too. So it's really, it's really not about how do we merge, it's more about how do we cater, right? How do we cater to different personality types? How do we cater to different crowds? So um, when I think of in real life events, I think about how can we show the technology of what we're offering in the metaverse, in uh, NFT projects, what are the utilities, and how can we bring them to light to a real life audience? Now, how we merge those together could be multiple ways. For, for me, the big thing is about art interactivity, right? So how do we use art installations where we could have a LED tunnel that is sponsored by uh, an NFT project that wants to do an immersive art experience where you feel like you're in the metaverse and you're having virtual reality goggles on, but it's really, you're just walking through an installation. You're walking in through an experience, right? So when I think about uh, brands and collections who have done like a good job at merging Web 2 and Web 3, um, I really think about the experience, right? So at NFT NYC, I went to the Doodles Genesis Box uh, minting event. So they rented out a storefront in NYC and they basically converted it into like feeling like it was a minting factory. Like this is where NFTs are made. So they had these giant like uh, looked like old school like computer machines that had these tubes that had like fluffy balls inside of them that connected to different areas. And they made the minting process uh, in real life experience. So you went up to the computer, um, you would type in your uh, information, whatnot, whatever you wanted to do. You would put in your credit card, you would mint. They actually like were sponsored by uh, Shopify for this experience. So you minted physically with a credit card, paying fiat, not crypto. Um, and then you would physically mint it and all these start boxes were moving. I mean, realistically, they weren't doing anything, right? It's just like going to a restaurant and swiping your card to pay. But the experience made it feel like everything that we do online when we connect our wallet and we mint, and then we get this like unrevealed NFT that sits in our wallet, and then we wait to see what it's going to look like. They just made this the real life version of it. And I found it fascinating, you know? And then at the end, there was a little gold like doodles card that popped out, which is kind of like your memoir from NFT NYC. And uh, yeah, I think like, how do we take the experiences that we're having online and be able to have people also um, experience them in real life is quite important, right? I also think that if we develop Web3 to be only digital, 
and we don't have an in real life counterpart to it, then we're gonna turn into a society that stares at our phone and stares at our screens 100% of the time, um, which is bad for your mental health and I don't think it's <laughs> something that we should strive for. So I, I find the beauty of Web3 being amazing, but a lot of these like uh, very recognizable and reputable brands, what they're doing is making immersive experiences in, in, in real life where their community, their holders, people who are interested in the project can really experience what they're about and what they're doing in a way where you can touch and feel and see. And I think that's exciting. Yeah, I think you've touched on a really important part about um, mental health. And with that being said, where do you see, what is your vision for Web3? Like, where do you see the future of Web3 is heading to? Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Web3 is a very broad term, but uh, I mean, if we're talking about NFTs in general, I just think of the wide use cases. I think that how people are using them now is only a small, small fraction of what they'll be used for in the next five years. Because um, if we look at what the actual transaction is, right, um, it's a contract, it's a signing of contracts. So if we think of it in the traditional term, how can we use this to represent ownership of anything? If you buy a house, instead of having a paper deed that's going to sit in a safe in your house that you could lose, or if your house caught on fire, it could be gone. Uh, digital contracts, right? So you buy a house and that house's title is an NFT that's held in your wallet, or a car, or you want to do a transaction with the government or pay your taxes, or um, transactions with your bank account, whatever that might be, just to show ownership in a digital version. And we see bigger companies like I think Rolex now is doing certificate of authenticity with um, NFTs. So you own a watch, you want to sell the watch, you, you sell the watch, but you also, the NFT comes with it, right? This is a certificate of authenticity. I don't know if this is already done or if they were talking about doing it. Um, but it's like, how do we use, how do we integrate this just with our regular life and how we use I anything in our life? How do we use it for daily tasks? So I think what NFTs has a reputation for now is just, okay, I bought a picture of something and it can be used for, right? And now we're seeing it start to open up, like there's been artists who have sold, uh, okay, we have a new album that's coming out, we're selling a thousand NFTs, and these NFTs represent an, uh, percent, an ownership of a percentage of the profit for the next few years. So now artists can um, self-fund their albums without needing a record label. So the big thing that I think about Web3 and NFTs in general is giving power to the creators without having corporate giants jumping in too. But that being said, the more we give power to creators, the more that the Web2 corporate companies will want to jump in. So we're seeing companies like Adidas um, doing an NFT collection and Nike jumping in and Coca-Cola came up with something today. Pepsi has already jumped in. Uh, Hello Kitty is minting a collection in a couple of weeks. I mean, everyone is trying to find what is their Web3 personality. So um, I think when I'm, when I'm feeling not bullish on the industry and I want a little pep up, I was looking at ENS domains, like uh, the .eth, .eth. So we see these names like Chipotle and, and all these different brands that are selling for a lot of money because every single brand right now that you know in Web2, every brand, um, they are looking to find their Web3 presence and they're working on it. They, their marketing team is working on how do we get involved with Web3 now? What is it? Are we going to make a collection? Are we going to make payments through crypto? Are we going to do sponsor concert series and the tickets are NFTs? Whatever it might be. So they're all looking to get into it, um, which is a great sign for the future of the industry. Um, but again, that process is, it's a process. And it it's takes a process. Yeah. Well, I think what towards the end, is there anything else that you would like to share about Humanians or NFT or yourself? Yeah, I mean, 
if there's a project that you love and you believe in the founders, you believe in the mission, support them, buy an NFT, share it with your friends, share it with your family, you'll be, you'll be quite surprised at how many people are looking to get an NFT. Everyone's heard of Bitcoin, everyone's heard of Ethereum, they've heard of NFTs, but they don't have a reason to get involved. So I think the biggest part is like, find your first project that means something to you. So if there's something that you care about and a project you care about, share it with your, your relatives, your, your friends, your family, whoever that might be, and uh, help with onboarding to the space because we will not progress as an industry until we can onboard more people that understand what we're trying to achieve as an industry in Web3. Whew, that was good. Yeah. Right, thank you so much for your time today, Josh. Sure. I feel like the people and um, our audience are learning a lot. I mean, I'm learning a lot as I'm taking notes as <laughs> you're sharing. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for joining our first episode of Demystify Insider, um, where we demystify Web3 with real life stories. And I'll see you next week. Woo!